Welcome to Behind the Geeks. We finally got the band together for the first time since uh, I've been joining you guys. So, yeah, we'll see how this goes. Richard's Richard's doing the nomadic live stream today. So, uh, live streaming from the road. So, how are we doing with, dare I ask about our homework? I know this was like a month or two ago by now, but we had some homework set and then I missed all the other like weeks since in terms of setting up, was it lead, lead gen material yeah. or like a was, Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. very proudly showing off in the WhatsApp to Scott that I'd, I'd done something. <laughs> How did you guys get, get on? Yeah, good. We set up a um, a bit more of a, a geeky one, uh, but it was um, it was five conditional access policies that every business should deploy on their 365. So it's, it's in a particular page on our security section in our website, uh, but we've already had people sign up and register. And so I built like a, an eight email follow-up stream. And I have to say, I completely cheated. Uh, I made life really easy for myself. What I did was I found the June, it was either the May or the June newsletter from the Tech Tribe. And in there was a fantastic article about cybersecurity and, and threats and what's happening at the minute. And so I used that for my eight email chain. I basically broke it down into eight emails, topped and tailed it a little bit. And all of a sudden I had eight emails. We had a PDF, like a two-page PDF uh, with all the policies that you should set up and why and how good it is. And yeah, that's it. And people have already started to download it. So that was good. Yeah, I really happy. <laughs> Yeah, active campaigns doing all its automation, and yeah, we're looking really good. Awesome. That's exactly, uh, just to bring you up to speed, Richard, we had done a live stream on list building, on building our email list. So yes. we had come up with some ideas of some quick lead generation magnets that we could put together to start collecting emails to build our list. So we all, we all did a homework assignment uh, to actually come up with something super simple uh, do a one-page PDF and start generating leads. Uh, so that's awesome, Scott. You already already got some leads generated in there. So. Well, and what's nice as well is that as I sat there, I thought of like four or five different ideas. So I just went right for the homework. What's the easiest one? Yep. But then I have like four other ideas, and I was like, cool. Now, now I know we have the landing page set up, ready to go. We've got the all the automation set up in Active Campaign. So I just need to go and do another one page PDF and eight little emails. Cool. Now, you know, we, we can just keep adding those now. So I picked parts of our website where I thought, Hey, it'd be great to have like a, Hey, why don't you download our free guide? Or why don't you just get some advice here? So again, nothing salesy, just trying to give away and share some knowledge. Um, and if they, you know, take that knowledge and don't buy anything, that's cool. You know, that it, it'll just keep us top of mind. And we've now started to build that email uh, list so we can keep in touch with them. Awesome. Awesome. Did you get yours running, Pete? I did, yeah. So we've um I, I, I created everything on the landing page. There's there's two that I did essentially. There's the one that I sent to you guys, which was the ten steps that I haven't done a huge amount with, but it's had a few sign ups on the page already. Um and I did another one which was that I had a like a, a pre recorded thirty minute webinar that I literally shot at the end of last year. Uh, I just never gotten around to actually putting into a, a lead gen of any form. And so I kind of fixed that all up, set that all up, and um, I, I posted it onto LinkedIn. Must be like two or three days ago or so, and I've had twenty-two people like go through and, and sign up and, and I guess take the, the half an hour session. Now I'm trying to figure out what next because they kind of they click through, they've gone into it, and I I need to figure out. And so I use Kajabi. I need to see if I can even see like how how far they got into the video if they watched the whole thing. 
Um, I haven't done any follow-up steps on that one. I did loads of follow-up. Uh, I had like a 10-stage email follow-up on the 10-step guide that I put together. But um, yeah, I just need to kind of figure out the the admin stuff. Actually, the one thing that did work at the moment, which I, I, I knocked about five of them out before this call, is um, bon, Bonjoro. Mm. I think yep. it's something that Nigel was using at the Tech Tribe to... So when, when people sign up for that um, kind of eight steps webinar, it will then automatically put their name and email address into Bonjoro. And I literally just go tap on their name, click the record button. Hey, thanks for signing up, blah, blah, blah. Let me know if you've got any questions. Send. Nice. And it just sends them an email with the video attached. So it's I've got like another 15 of them <laughs> to do at some point. <laughs> so it's just, which we'll get onto in a moment, but about automation. But um, yeah, it's, it's going. It, it, we, we got it set up. It's got people signing up for it. Now I just need to figure out what to do next. Yeah. So uh, mine is actually, it, we've been working with Nigel. We're going to release one, uh, I believe, in the next week or two. Uh, Growably is the CRM tool, uh, is in general release for the tribe. So if you don't have a CRM, um, that is actually in, um, not development, but yeah, there's a sign-up page. So make sure that you sign up for your account. You'll get your login credentials because we actually made a same uh, seven cyber mistakes that every small business makes so that's going to be a downloadable pdf with all the graphics you're going to get the email templates the funnels all of that all the landing pages are going to be built out for you and growably so all that automation is coming soon i'm going to be doing a live call let's see it's tomorrow night uh one tomorrow and one on thursday so i'm going to give a sneak peek behind the kimono on uh the new template that's coming out so so richard said he has a lead generation story he can tell so we're gonna let richard take well we i believe i picked this up from our illustrious leader nigel moore uh (laughs) i think nigel not to quote him verbatim but he said something on the lines of your lead magnet should be so good that people would be prepared to pay for the content and so one of my very first lead magnets after i sold the the MSP business and went into the world that we're now, we, I created a lead magnet that was around the mistakes that MSPs make. And it really good feedback, like top quality feedback to the point where we converted it into an ebook, put it on Amazon, uh, which is still there today. And on the first day it went on sales, it got to number two in the business uh, chart. And do you know, it was at number one that day. Steve Jobs, his biography. So I was like, okay, I can live with being number two behind Steve Jobs. But but again, that's you know uh, a good good way of demonstrating you know so good that they would pay for it. We actually put that to the test, and people are still paying for that book to this day. So yeah, and we talked a lot about that too. Is taking the effort that you're going to put into content you're already making, and make micro make other forms of content out of it. So that's a perfect example of taking the lead magnet, turning it into ebook. You're generating uh sales out of it uh, scott and i you and i talked about the live streaming Do, yeah. you know taking these live streams and you know making micro content of 30 60 90 second videos and i mean it's just a wealth of content for one dedicated piece of work and one effort you can make you know duplicate it so perfect example of that I'm going to put that to the test. At the end of this month, we have a two-hour live stream where we're going to do how to secure your 365 tenant. Uh, and we're literally going to take a fresh out-of-the-box tenant and we're just going to go through everything that we normally charge consultancy for and go, hey, here's here's how we do everything. And we're going to try and... Two hours is not a lot of time, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> we're going to try and get through as much as we can. We've got... Uh, it's quite exciting. We've got 50 people signed up so far. 
Um, so we're still pushing out. We're just letting people know. So I think we only let people know from the first um, that we're doing this at the end wow. of the month. So uh, we've got 50 people already. I know usually you get like a 50% dropout on these things, but still it's exciting. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to at the end of that saying, right, how do we now break this down into micro content that we can just now, you know, reuse in our socials and share uh, and just keep giving that information back, you know, over the next few months. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's a. I, I saw that you had posted that, so I think I signed myself up to attend. So I'll jump in there and heckle you for a little bit on that. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Let's get to our our topic for this week is all around productivity. How to become a productivity powerhouse. I know, uh, Richard, you said last time you guys covered this uh, in the stream that it was very well received. Uh, so I thought yeah. what we would do is just I'll let you kick it off, and if if you want to. If you want to, uh, I want to put you on the spot, but let's talk about, you know, things that we're seeing in the MSP space. How do we become better with productivity? How do we increase? And I, I like calm businesses. How do we increase the calm to give us the uh, strength to keep, keep fighting the good fight? Well, the first thing I'll say, we're all about Zen this week, aren't we? What from the <laughs> intro to the calm, I'm like, I'm chilled out. I'm in Castle Donington. I'm ready for the festival. It's all going on here, but uh yeah, in terms of productivity, so I would I would call myself, as the guys will know, like a productivity geek. I'm, I'm really deep into this subject. The reason I've gone so deep into the subject is because, and I've been open about it, I'm the world's biggest procrastinator. Like if I can put something off until tomorrow, I absolutely will. So I now give the illusion to the outside world that I'm like ultra efficient. I can tell you there's a battle going on here every single day. But yeah. basically... Back when I was running my MSP, um, was losing business because of procrastination. So anybody watching a quote that needs to put out or a proposal that followed up on or even following up on sales leads and things of that nature, I was procrastinating about those things. And so I read uh, what I would call one of my sort of three life-changing books at the time. And that was a book that hopefully much of the audience will be familiar with, and that's GTD, Getting Things Done by mm -hmm. David Allen. Now, I've been fortunate enough to get to know Mr. Allen um, a little bit over the years, and he tells me just how popular GTD and productivity is in the technology space. Uh, and I think that, that it's such an important and such a popular subject, Andrew, amongst like our audience, because everybody who runs an MSP business is very, very time poor, but there's so much stuff to be done. And it's a very, very analytical business. We've got to do things in a certain order and make sure things followed up. And so GTD for me brought sort of chaos to what was going on up there. So the number one tip that I would share with the audience today around productivity is, you know, don't keep things in your head. Get them out of your brain, get them into a system, get them into your calendar, a task list, whatever it takes. And that way you've got more time, as you've said, to be a little bit zenned out, to be calm, to think about where you want to go and what you want to do, and all this follows from there. Yeah, nice, nice tip. So, any who wants to go next? Um, I'll jump in. I, I think my my thing that I like to do because I I would say that I'm probably not super organized either, and probably still doing many of the player manager things that I shouldn't be doing. And again, it's it's my lifelong mission uh, to make myself useless in my own business. That's that's my dream. Um, but the thing that I like to do right now is to make sure that when I see something happening that 
you know, something will pop into my inbox and I'll think I can go and I can log into a portal and I can fix that and it'll take me two minutes. Or I can spend like an hour of my time to figure out what is the automation? What is the process? What is the thing that I can do with this that means that the next time this pops into my inbox, I don't have to do anything with it. Okay. And so we've, we have our subscription training service that we had that we automated the heck out of to get everybody signed up and, and it connects like seven or eight different systems together and no one has to do anything manually. Great. But what I didn't think of is what about when someone you know doesn't want to go through the trial? What if they want to cancel after their trial period? Oh, well, actually now there's manual accounts that need to be removed and people have to be taken off mailing lists. And again, those are two second jobs. I can log into one portal and I can take people off and I can log into the other and take them off there. Cool, happy days. But I would much rather take the time to go, no, let me figure out what the automation is. Let me make sure that a robot does this next time and I never have to think about it again. So I invest much more time in that first triage of the event that, I, you know, that I'd like to, but I don't have to think about it anymore after that. That's, that's what I'm on a mission to keep doing is just keep finding those things that drop into your inbox and you're like, oh, right, I have to this, then this, then this. There's got to be a better way, right? And so some days I'll be honest, I will. I'll just, uh, do you know what? I don't have the time to invest in it now. So I'm just going to tick it off. But I know that next time this drops into my inbox, I can't put it off again. So I would challenge people, if, if you have a lot of those things that come into your inbox, definitely go ahead and find the way to deal with it permanently, not just dealing with it once. Perfect. Uh, thank you, Richard, for sending that link. So Richard's article on GTD. So that is in the chat. So if you have questions too, as we go along about methodology, about tools, we'll get into tools in a minute because I know we love talking about tools to make this stuff easier. Uh, but I think that that was a very simple tip uh, is taking the time to figure out, okay, how do I, how do I make that easier the next time? And then, yeah, you're right. We get into that rhythm of just trying to get things done and move on to the next one that we don't, we don't always think about saving us some time the next quick, time around. So quick point on, on that one as well, Scott, earlier on, Scott, you said, uh, and you corrected yourself later. So I know, I know you know this, uh, but you said, Oh, the cost of doing something. And I was thinking, and then later on, you said, actually, it's an investment of time. And, you know, it's probably something we want to get across to people watching today who think, you know, if you've got, and you definitely have got those repetitive tasks that Scott's talking about, and you go, I haven't got the time to spend on this. But it's not spending time on it. If you are slowing down, you're investing the time on it. And just like any good investment, you reap the rewards of it actually going to save time again again and again and that's the the thing about msp businesses is it's all about automation it's all about systemation all about processes if you can invest that time up front uh you are going to reap the rewards of that again and again and again so um i know you know that scott but i feel like it's probably probably wise to make the point yeah and it's it's always harder to go back after the fact isn't it I, I always had that, okay, I really need to go back and document that, or I really need to go back and do that. And if, if you're like me, if it's not on my calendar, like I don't, I won't get to it. Like if it's, if it's not there for me to do, it just keeps getting pushed back and pushed back. So, all right. Yeah, so so I, I have like my, my, my calendar's like my must do's. And I, you know, if I, we do the whole time blocking thing, which we can talk about in a bit, if you like, but, um, so I try and time block everything that I can do. And I'm also very, very aware of, um, is it Parkinson's law where the work expands to the time that you've allocated? 
Yeah. So it doesn't matter how how much or how little time you allocate to a certain task, it will take that long, no matter what task it is. So I do try and keep myself confined to what I'm doing. However, my what I'm going through at the moment is on my Mondays and Tuesdays, I, I script videos on Mondays and I shoot videos on Tuesdays. And I've just about shot my videos today, but I've got a ton of B-roll I need to shoot. My, my Seeing around this, my, my office is in tatters with like cameras and wires and stuff dangling everywhere now because I had to piece it back together for the live stream. But I know I need to allocate that now to tomorrow when I can try and do that. But then when I run out of my calendar thing, so if I kind of allocate the time on my calendar, I have like my emails and my to-dos. And the, the best thing I can say, I think, around you know, allocating time or, or just getting those things done is to set them to come back to you when you when you really need to do with it, deal with them. So for like emails, I snooze my emails very, very often. So if it comes in, I'm like, okay, I need to do with that. I'm going to snooze it until tomorrow or next week so it pops back in my, my inbox when I have to do do something with it. Um, same with a, like a to-do app. I use Todoist, and we can talk about tools and stuff again in a bit. But um, Todoist now stores everything that I don't have my calendar, but still needs to be done. So at the end of the day, I'll just kind of scroll through to do this. And that's full of things like take your vitamins, read this certain blog, uh, kind of blog system, um, send a proposal to somebody, which apparently is on my to-do list and not my calendar. Um, watering the plants, like post this video to Facebook. There's, there's things that I can't automate that I've then put on the to-do list. They're not vitally important if I miss them. And unfortunately, they are kind of stacking themselves up after a while because if you can see here, those are all overdue apart from the two at the bottom. But when I get a chance, which will be tonight, I'll sit down and go, okay, I'm going to knock that one on until whichever date that I, you know, I really think it needs to be done done by. So yeah, having a good kind of to-do list and um, and on the automation topic very briefly as well, we, with our MSP, we, ha- we hired a full-time guy whose job title was products and automation engineer. His job was to automate the business. Uh, and we were, I think, how many staff? We, we were probably like 13, 12 or 13 staff at that that point when that change happened. But their job was to literally sit there, speak to the staff, and find out what stuff could be automated. Like find out what tasks people are doing every single day, even for our clients. Like if our clients would get involved and, and we noticed there was an opportunity in their sales process or just something they were doing, we'd go, oh, hey, like you could just automate all of that. And sometimes it would be the quote process, but actually more often than not, it would be the, like the quote and sales process because clients didn't want to invest in the proper sales systems. They probably should have because some sales systems are very like Salesforce, you know, when you add it up can get very expensive. But so we, we managed to build in like a workaround, kind of piece together a sales system for them using things like Microsoft Forms and all these kind of other things that would then spit out a PDF at the end of it. So yeah, just, just having that investment, exactly what you guys have been saying, like the investment in automation is an investment. Like you get that time back multiple times over. And I think the, the biggest thing that I always hear constantly, no matter where I speak to, no matter who I speak to is, Pete, you're everywhere. Like no matter where I go, like Pete, you're everywhere. I don't do anything to appear everywhere. All I do is load my stuff into like a like a scheduling tool and my videos, my blog posts, like everything just, just it just happens. And it's kind of drip fed throughout the day rather than my, um, even like Twitter nowadays, I just get kind of five minutes and go, oh, there's like five tweets. And then you tweet five things all in like the five minutes. And now you're silent for the rest of the day. But now I've kind of got it into my head of logging into this scheduling tool. Even if I have five, five or 10 ideas, I'll dump them all into this tool and it will slowly space them out across, you know, three, five, 10 days. And I, so I know that my task 
this evening is to go and fill that all back up again because I've got a kind of a calendar uh, appointment booked for that. So it is just trying to space yourself out, not rush and do everything at once. And yeah, absolutely make use of all the automation tools you can because that's the, I, I feel that's like the bit that makes you productive because you invest the time in there and just stuff happens. Now, I don't feel very productive, but I know lots of stuff is kind of ticking off and, and, and doing things behind the scenes that I've probably forgotten about because I did it like two years ago, which is the whole point. Exactly. Exactly. And you kind of touched on, you know, one of the things that, that I typically do with MSPs with, I know you guys both do, uh, Richard and, and Pete do a lot of coaching with MSPs. That is one of the first things that I sit down and have them do is, uh, you touched on it, Pete is the calendar blocking. Um, and that, because it's, it's just in order to create the space that you need to figure out where you're at and go forward, you got to figure out how to manage your day. And that really, you know, I remember those days where I was running an MSP, you come into the office or turn on your phone first thing in the morning, there's tickets there. Like you're burning through the mental space to get your day started right immediately. Um, so that's one of the things that we, I try to do is help them to see that, you know, you have blocks of time throughout your week to get to every step of your business. That way, nothing really is getting neglected. But if you have the space to deal with that, because if you're like me, you're probably like this too, Richard, since you're heavy into productivity, where like there's days where I'm in a better mood to maybe do write scripts or do automations. Pete, you find that there's days and there's times of the days where I'm better at scripting out a video or scripting out content. It's not really any different for an MSP. There's, you know, you've got to get to those things, but figuring out where on your calendar those things actually fit where you're going to be able to maximize the best use of that time. Um, so I actually created daily themes. So, like, for me, Monday is all about just getting the week started. Quick wins. That's my Monday theme. Just getting things, you know, the momentum going for the week. Tuesday for me is all about support. And that's, you know, how do I support those, my coaching clients? How do I support our membership? How do I support the other people in my life? And, and, and again, Tuesdays is the day where I create those processes, systems, figure out how do I make things better. Uh, I think Wednesday, Wednesday I was doing my live stream. So every single block of the week, including the weekends, weekends does not work. For me, week, family time is scheduled for Saturday. My growth time is on Sunday, but that's my theme of the day. How do you know where, whether that's reading a book, taking a course, doing something that's going to make me better physically, spiritually, emotionally. Um, but I know that the, that time and those tasks are blocked for those days of the week and those times of the day. And that allows me calm. Like you said, Richard, it's just getting all of those things out of my head. Even if I don't do them right now, I know, okay, Tuesday at this time is when I take care of those type of tasks. Um, so anybody use any other types of calendar blocking or task batching that you found? It's interesting you effective. said that, Andrew, about the, the, the day allocations. I really like that because I do it, the exact same thing. So Monday scripting, Tuesday shooting videos, Wednesdays is course, Thursdays is coaching, and Friday mornings like my admin stuff. So I'd be interested, I don't know, between Richard and Scott, whether you have like daily allocations like overarching kind of themes to, to your days at all not yeah. themes no um i've i've recently joined um entrepreneur circle pete which i know you know about um and that that encourages you to have kind of 
at least three times a week where you set aside 90 minutes and you block out 90 minutes to just work on your business. And, we, and I think we talked about this in a previous episode, but it's, it's to specifically set aside that time so that it's just, it's defended, you know, it's bulletproof. These are 90 minutes that I'm going to spend on the business and I'm not going to do, you know, operational functional work. I'm going to be planning and thinking and, and looking at how do we grow and all those kinds of, you know, bigger picture things. Um, so I have those kind of things blocked out, uh, but I don't tend to do things in themes. And I guess I'm not sure if it would work for me right now, maybe just because the days are quite unpredictable with, with what's coming in and, and what challenges are happening next, because it's very, you know, sometimes it can be very reactive. You know, sometimes it's great to say, hey, we're going to plan and we're going to, you know, make some YouTube videos today. We're going to make some stuff for our course content. I'm going to get some proposals done and other days just, you know, things happen <laughs> and then your whole day just gets washed away. Um, but I've been trying to stick to those 90 minutes as best I can and defend those really well, because that is, that is the, that's the future for all of us, right? That's, that's the whole business and where we want to go and keep growing. Awesome. I know you got some tips, Richard. You're just chomping at the bit. You got some tips on I, mass batching. <laughs> I'll apologize for two things here. And a, a sorry, not sorry. This is like, this is my wheelhouse. I love talking about this sort of stuff. Even though I'm the world's biggest procrastinator, I love talking about productivity and things like that. And uh, so I've written loads on this subject over the year. I've written books on it, blog posts, all sorts of things. I was really intrigued to hear about the idea of themes, uh, you know, that idea of having like Monday for sales, Tuesday for marketing, Wednesday for content, that, that type of thing. So I don't do themes per se, but what I do, I'm a massive fan of and speak to, to LSPs about is batching activities. Yeah. So we've already talked about, Andrew, you already mentioned, you know, there's some days when, you know, you're just not up for making those sales calls or whatever, and you have to grind through them. And then there's other days you can just hit them out one after the other. So I found like to do two things. First of all, to batch all the activities together so that you don't have to overcome the procrastination. Do say one sales call and then go off and do something else. And then you're like, oh, I've got to make another sales call. It's so much easier if you're just got them all lined up and you go one, two, and just get through those sales calls. So for anybody who's watching who maybe procrastinate over sales calls, try batching the activities. And secondly, to what you said, Andrew, about like certain days you don't want to do things, you know, everybody's different. And I would really begin to understand yourself about where, at what time of day you're most productive. So for me, I'm a morning person. Um, you know, I'm early to bed, early to rise. I jump out of bed and I'm ready to hit the day. And then in the afternoon, it starts to wane off a little bit. Um, but the point for me is, one of the things that I see MSP owners doing, the first thing they reach for when they wake up in the morning is this thing. And they go onto their emails. And as we've already said, right, an inbox, your email inbox is essentially somebody else's to-do list for you. And it can completely derail the day. And I speak to MSPs and they say, well, I've just got to check to see if there's any emergencies. Uh-uh, it doesn't work like that. Because as soon <laughs> as you see a subject line, as soon as you see a subject line, even if you don't open the email, you're like, oh, I wonder what Pete meant about that email. And it sits in your mind. So what yeah. I do, I batch activities in the morning when I know that my energy is its highest and I don't look at any uh, emails. I don't look at WhatsApp. In fact, I use a tool on my smartphone called AppBlock for Android and it prevents me from opening any type of distraction. 
it actually comes up on the screen. I know, Scott, one of your favorite quotes. What movie is that from, Scott? <laughs> that's Jurassic Park. That's, yes. uh, that's tennis. But the point is, you focus on what you've done. And even if by 10 o'clock in the morning, my energy has started to wane or this avalanche of stuff externally drops down onto me, I've still had a productive because I've spent maybe two, three hours working on what I want to work on, not what the rest of the world wants me to work on. And all of that is just by not having a look at your text messages, your WhatsApp, your emails first thing in the morning and concentrating on the job at hand. So I think that's probably a combination of the different techniques. We've talked batching things, focus, those types of things, um, but it works really well for me. There's, right. there's something that's just um, come out with the iOS 16 updates yesterday that I've, I've just installed the latest beta that's just come out for iPhone. And I've never really bothered with focus modes. They have like as a feature on Mac and iPhone and, and iPad. And there's a really interesting new feature on, on iPhone where you can now create custom uh, like home screens. And so you can tie those home screens to certain focus modes. I, like I said, I've never really played with it before, but today I've actually really used it a lot because it's really helped me. So I have one that's just like work mode for me, which is like cameras, photos, toolkits, whatever it is. If I swipe across to that on my home screen, which you can do by just you literally just hold the button down and then swipe across like you do on a, an Apple Watch. So that now puts me in work mode straight away. It sets my Mac, which you, it's probably disappeared by now. It sets my Mac into do not disturb, sets all my devices in do not disturb so that I can shoot videos, no pings and things are going off any of my, any of my devices. But a very, very similar one, so that I've got a um, one here, which is a picture, <laughs> picture of one of my kids. And that is my family mode. And I've got that set, so I can set it manually if I want to swipe across my phone. But that will come on at 5 o'clock every day till 7 p.m. when they're in bed. And again, that's got some certain customized things on there that stops me texting and opening certain apps and just notifications from distracting me. But you can allow through certain things. So I know that you know, in my family time, if my wife texts me or phones me, it's going to come through still because she probably wants to get hold of me for some reason. Maybe I'm looking after the kids and she's away somewhere. But I just, I, I've never really used it before and I've started using it and it's really, really helped out. And I'd love to like play with it more to see what else I can kind of use it for. But uh, that's that's iOS 16. I think iOS 15, the focus modes are in there, but yeah. uh, you can't do the whole home screen thing until 16's out like later this year. But i I paid a hundred quid today to be on their beta, so uh, yeah, it's not it's not something that everyone can can get get access to yet. And uh, Richard, I think you touched on a a very very key point. You know, one it's it's the mindset of having the discipline not to not to pick this thing up and go straight to that in the morning, um, because I found that you know early you know into the pandemic when everybody's on their devices all day long, I ran into that it just. I ran into the fact that my mood was determined by what I did in that first hour. And, you know, you start to go into these, you know, tangents throughout the day and it, you go, I tied it back to what I was doing in that first hour. And when I made that change that I wasn't going to pick up that phone and look at email and social first thing in the morning, that completely changed the complexity of the day. It allowed me the mental space to actually get my creativity back because that's what I found is just, it stunted my creativity and just put me into, you know, like you said, somebody else's agenda, whether that's email or social, that's somebody else's life and agenda that you're using mental bandwidth uh, to tackle. So I think, you know, one, it's the, the mindset and the discipline. And two, like you mentioned, Pete, there's, there are millions of tools to make that happen. 
Um, I put that one up there for uh, Richard uh, as well. The the focus mode for Android or the the block distractions. Let me put that back up there. I, I think that is very important. The whole like, yeah, don't check your email. Don't check social first thing in the morning. Because I, I used to have that with my MSP. Like you check social, you, you fire up LinkedIn. You just see five people saying, hey, my, my day's going amazing. Look, I've just signed up 12 new clients. I've got a new member of staff starting soon. Everything's wonderful. And you're just sat there going, my, my week's shit. Like we've lost a client. We've got staffing <laughs> problems. Like service tickets are through the roof. We're really behind. Like, and we know everyone's got those same problems. But of course, you check social media everything's wonderful and that really can have a massive impact on like your your own kind of health and happiness and mental well-being uh, and i know there was a, a discussion going on in the tribe and i had a chat with someone recently who was really really was struggling with a lot of anxiety and, and i had it uh, as well with running my msp where I went through a phase where the phone would go off or the phone would ring and the thought instantly jumps to what's gone wrong now what problem am i going to have to fix which client's going to leave me? You know, it just instantly goes there where it, you shouldn't ever need to. And, and you know, pretty much 10 times out of 10, it wasn't a problem like that at all. But it just really drives you there if you're checking the wrong things in the morning. If you get that kind of shirty email in the morning, it does set your mind off in the wrong way. Uh, and there was, I can't remember who it was now. I think it was, um, uh, there was a lady who sailed around the world by herself. I, I think there was a, a lady I, I went to see at some point and she had this whole thing of choose your attitude. Like you set out in the morning, you then decide what you're going to be like today. You know, are, are you going to be a, a family person today? Are you going to be a work person today? And just choosing that 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 mood that you're going to be in, like, doesn't take much just to have a little smile, and then some someone smiles back, and then now you're having a bit of a happy morning because you're kind of both in a good mood. Little things like that can make a big difference. And so I'm a very very big fan of yeah, not checking your phone, emails, social media. Um, I know my my old business uh, partner, Craig, he used to leave his, and he used to annoy me as well, he used to leave his phone downstairs. So then when he got to bed, obviously he's got no phone and he's not, it's not the first thing he checks in the morning. But then I'm like, I want to text my business partner and like talk about some cool ideas I've had and like want to you know, chat, chat what's going on. And I couldn't because his phone was literally in a separate room. Um, but it's good for those exact reasons because he could switch off. I could send all my messages and when he gets to them, the next day, like mid-morning, whatever it was, when he picks his phone up, then he could actually digest them. It wasn't impacting his evenings at all. Yep, yeah, I like that that quote yeah. there. Uh, Richard, thank you for <laughs> I like sharing. That. Don't compare your backstage. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's what you were saying, Pete, because you go on and people are, are like fellow MSPs might be saying, hey, I've just landed this many deals, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, oh, my life is rubbish. <laughs> it's not everybody presents on on social media the best of ours and they don't do it you know deceptively it's just you know it's what we do we put the best uh, version of it so do not compare what you're seeing on social media people to what's going on with your grind behind the scenes because you know what people are sharing on social media is the fruits of their labors but they're not showing you the labors themselves which you might be going through at the moment so the productivity piece of this of course is if you do get up in the morning and look at social media or at any time during the day for that matter, and uh, it does sap you. It can sap you. You know, I'm not a, a social media naysayer. I'm massively active on social media, but I do it in very, very focused chunks. Um, so social media is a tool that you've got to use to your advantage, not to get used by the tool. Yeah. Great, great point. I'd like to, uh, I'd like to just call out where automation and, ruining someone's day can come in really handily because it's a personal experience that I have 
today. Um, there's been a lovely chap on LinkedIn who's been trying to get hold of me to sell me some things. Um, and I wasn't particularly interested, so I didn't particularly follow up. And then this morning, and I'm just going to look at my WhatsApp here because my phone buzzed and ringed very loudly at 3.19 in the morning when this <laughs> chap, who, Lord bless him, is in Vietnam, still wants to sell me things. And because I'd not responded on LinkedIn, he thought he would follow up on WhatsApp. So at 3.19, I'm going, beep, 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 as he sends like four messages. Now I woke up with a, what the hell is happening? And I look at my phone, I'm like, dude, seriously. I mean, maybe check the time zones. These, these are all automated messages. I can tell by the, the way that they're written. It's very similar to the automated messages that went out on LinkedIn. He's obviously just added me to another automation platform, but maybe forgot to check that box about time zones. Now, I'm the kind of person that once I'm awake, I'm awake. So I've been awake since 3.19 this morning. So you can imagine what you said about being in a bad mood and getting the wrong message and, and looking at something work-related. This isn't even my work-related. And I'm just like, oh, I was... I was grumpy. How, how did he get your days. WhatsApp number? Like, how, how did that work? I think my phone number must be on my LinkedIn profile. I'm assuming oh. it must be on there. There's and tools so, yeah, that do that. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's managed to WhatsApp me. And I was like, seriously. though, Scott, what is your phone? What's your phone <laughs> what, doing? What is it? on at three in the morning. Well, no, I usually no, put why it on is it on at three something? in the morning? Because I'm like Pete's business partner. I mean, no, it's, now it's that I know that your phone is on box. at three in the morning, no, no, know it's, that it's I'm going to do a drunk box. dial to you and say, love you, mate, for three in the morning. I'm going to have to Rick's do that. Been, he's going to call every morning until you leave your phone downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's where the little wireless charger thing goes. I, I put everything there, and it's usually on silent. And, and so it's my own fault as well. But I, to be fair, I wasn't expecting any sales messages at 3.19 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Theo, thank you for joining the uh, the show today. Use, he said, "Use the tool, don't get used by the tool." So awesome. Uh, we'll go through a couple comments here. Uh, let everybody get a drink of water. Uh, Pro tech guy. So pop his comment up. Yep, I like that. Email is somebody else's to do list. Yep, it it is. And your your Outlook inbox is the worst to do list on the planet, too. By the way, so uh, let's see here. Yeah, Mike Ward, daily schedule blocking themes. Yeah, it, it, it's super helpful. Um, that's one of the things that I kind of stole that from four hour work week from Tim Ferriss is what you said, batching when I check email, batching when I do social. And I do that at, you know, 1130 to 1230 in the morning. That's that's the first time I look at email is at 1130 in the morning. That time in the morning is mine. That's that's where I'm working on my business, like you said, Scott, where I'm getting those thing, three important tasks of the day done before I let anything else wreck my day. So I want to get to that in a minute for MSPs, because I know that's a particular challenge that I run up against is, you know, the roadblock of being able to do that. Uh, so I want to kind of get some some maybe we come up with some suggestions that we have for MSPs to maybe work around that uh, to give them some more headspace. Uh, so Jason Kelmsley said, yep, my biggest learning over the last two years, those tough days as a business owner can really suck. You think the world around you is collapsing, but to someone else, the issues aren't that big, which, which I, 
which is why I appreciate more than ever working in an industry. I think it cut that off. Let's see if I can working in an industry with people I genuinely enjoy working with. So amen. Yeah. We love that. I'm going to, I like that comment. I'm going to put that in the chat, Richard. <laughs> Except for any, any, I, I batching I equals good, grazing this. equals bad. I like that. Yeah, because I was just thinking <laughs> that, you know, if you're trying to lose weight uh, and they say, well, keep a, keep a diary of any food that you eat. And you're like, oh, I only eat three meals a day, plusing on everything that you do in between. And it's exactly the same for productivity. It's like grazing for food makes you fat. Uh, uh, grazing tasks and social media and email and anything else and unproductive. So there we go. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that. What are some ways that you can think of? Cause like I said, I get pushed back a lot whenever I make that recommendation to an MSP in trying to get control of your day. You have to control that first hour and a half of your day. Really? The first hour is the most important and being able to not check email, not check ConnectWise tickets or whatever PSA tool just to make sure that everything's okay. That's a common, you know, complaint and the pushback that I get. I need to make sure that everything's okay before I get my day started. What would what would be some suggestions that we might be able to help an MSP maybe think a little bit differently? So I, I did something that is along the lines of what Scott was saying earlier about the whole 90 minutes thing. And this was like the way of me justifying taking some time off as well. So the idea was that with this whole 90 minutes, I would come in an hour earlier every day. So if I started at nine, I'd actually start at eight and I would do my 90 minutes then. So that's my time to work on the business, which would then take me up until half an hour after we'd you know, officially opened. The, the lines were open, people were calling up and problems were happening. And my staff had strict instructions not to interrupt, open the door, nothing unless it was like a real emergency. So I did that every single day. And every single day that then entire, that, that adds up to like a working day spent working on the business rather than in the business. So I know every week I was getting an extra day, essentially, of actually being able to work on the business. But that also meant that technically I put in that extra time. So I felt that that, that, that was kind of my, my personal justification that on Friday afternoons I could take it off because I've been coming in earlier every single day. That worked really, really well for me because I got to spend more time with the family because, of course, family time is very difficult when you're running an MSP and trying to find time off and taking holidays and all those kind of things. But we always got Friday afternoons off. And it's something I've continued now through this business and will we'll continue for as long as I'm working, you know, as, as long as I can do, really, because it just makes sense to have that time off. We normally, you know, the kids come out of school. We take them around the parents' house, down the park, just some kind of good family time every single week is really, really valuable. But having that 90 minutes in the morning really does set or did set my day up because you can focus on the stuff that you've, you know, the important stuff to you. Um, you know, one of the important things which we've got to get to in the EC is like getting customers and keeping customers are the two most important things in any business. You've either got to get new clients to come through or you've got to make your existing clients happy so they don't leave you and go somewhere else. So you focus on those two things, whether it's list building, whether it's marketing, whether it's writing sales letters, you know, whatever it might be, you do that in your time. So when you come out, nothing else really matters because you've done the important stuff. Then yes, you can firefight if you are firefighting. But yes, of course, you should be delegating that stuff. But you know, there's a certain amount of stuff you have to deal with for that. And then, yes, allocating the time for 
tickets to doing your email, like batching those kind of things, like we've all said. Doing a combination of all of those. Oh, and one more thing. Everything should be a ticket. doesn't matter what it is. Everything I feel should be a ticket in your PSA system. It doesn't matter if it's a personal task, whether it's a work task, whether it's a, 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 you know, a ticket for a client, which obviously needs to be a ticket. But the number of times where, well, I say a number of times, it was very rare we got through everything. But the rare moments where my staff came to me and said, I've done everything. There's nothing left to do. What do you want me to do? I'd be like, oh, it's this magical day. Here's my, here's my task list. Please come and help me. And I just kind of give them a, give them a task out of my list that I've been adding time entries to, giving them some background information on what the task was, whether it was, you know, fixing some automation things or um, PSA tweaks or CRM tweaks. I just gave them something and could let them crack on with it without having to go, oh, hang on. I've got a notepad here somewhere with my to-do list and it's in, my, it's in my brain. So let me just sit down for half an hour and explain it to them. Just having everything as a ticket makes it so much easier. So I know that was a massive like tangent, but the, the whole PSA ticket thing, I think is a very, very valid thing for every MSP. doesn't matter what the ticket is. Accountancy team should, I think, ConnectWise call them boards. Lots of the other systems yep. call them teams or, um, or queues. But having a board or queue for the finance team for your help desk, of course, yes. But for HR, for internal things, we had, um, it's quite funny, guys. We, we had people would just throw a ticket to the system for tea and coffee rounds, and then they'd allocate the ticket to their staff member to go and do the tea and coffee round for the rest of the rest of the, the, rest of the office. But just anything can go in there. You know, if you run out of toilet rolls in the toilet, they can create a ticket, it goes in the queue, and then someone's job is to, you know, take care of that stuff. But it makes so much sense to have that all in a ticket somewhere you can track it you can track time you know how much time you're spending buying toilet rolls you know all those kind of things that comes off the back of it but yes yeah, so that that was kind of my very long answer to your your very short question there no some great tips great tips in there so so i'm gonna let richard i'm gonna save the best for last i'm gonna let scott go next as a current msp Ooh. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna throw yep. you on the hot seat as a current no, msp that's cool, mm, cool. What would you do different maybe, or what have you implemented differently to allow you that, that free space or mental space at the beginning of the day? So I, I confess that the first thing I look at is my emails, um, followed by LinkedIn and having a look at what everyone else is doing. So I, I probably set myself in that, that bad mood. Um, and I need to get better at that. The things that I have done really well is I've been very militant around kind of working times. And so like we leave the office here at five every day and that is it. That is work. I leave my laptop here. I never take it home. I, I don't look at it. I do occasionally, and I do mean occasionally checking on emails in the evening, but I try as best I can say, look, I did my work today, five o'clock, it's done. I, I don't need to see this. And if it's a weekend, it's the same thing. I don't need to see this until tomorrow morning because nothing is going to be that explosive that's going to happen overnight that it needs me to personally intervene. Yeah. Um, because we have a service team, okay, and we have escalation routes. That is all taken care of. I don't receive any tickets from the ticket system. I don't see any tickets unless I want to personally go and log into the ticket system. I'm not copied in on them. I don't see them. I don't see the escalations un until I actually am asked by one of my team for a piece of advice on something, but I never have to actually intervene in those tickets because that is what those people are there to do. We have clever service desk people. We have clever consultants. I don't need to be operationally delivering anything, so I don't need to see those tickets because 
I've, I've done this in previous roles. I've been in on all the tickets and on all the teams. And when we had like, you know, a hundred engineers and I'm getting stressed out because this project isn't where it should be. And why didn't you just tell him this? Cause that's the answer. And I know the answer. Why don't you know the answer? Why aren't we just, this has been going on for two weeks. Why? And, and so many of those things that would just stress you out. And like, I'd be getting emails from the MD at nine o'clock at night, stressing me out. I won't do that to my team. Okay, I might have some clever ideas. Go, do you know, it's, it's seven o'clock at night and I just read something that's really interesting about Endpoint Manager and I want to share it with people. Now, if I was on my laptop, I'd be able to do that thing. We say, hey, deliver this email tomorrow at 9 a.m., but I can't do that on my phone. So I email it to myself so that when I come in in the morning, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's that thing I wanted to share with people, but I won't be sending it to them at like seven, eight, nine o'clock at night or three in the morning when someone from Vietnam decides to wake me up. But I, <laughs> I won't do that then, right? So I try to be really militant about those things, like start and end times, focus times. I always turn off all the bings and bongs and toast notifications on all of my mail systems, all of my teams. So Windows doesn't constantly distract me. If I'm trying to get something done, I don't have any pop-ups from any other applications to the point where sometimes someone will just throw a cloud at me from the other side of the room going, I'm trying to get you on Teams. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, but you know, not being distracted from the task that you're trying to do is really important as well. But oh, yeah, I think you. you know I'm trying to respect my time. I'm trying to respect my team's time, and I don't need to micromanage. You know those those activities that I've delegated. I've delegated them to clever people. I need to trust that they get on with it. I might want to check in like every now and then, but if something's going to go wrong, I've got clever people. They're going to come and ask you know for assistance when they need it. Perfect. One thing that we um, we implemented in ours, and, and I've seen lots of other people do it, is. Um, trying to fight off those questions where you just get staff constantly coming in and asking one question after another question without like a solution at all. And there was, well, I guess there was two things we did there. The first thing was, I don't want you to come, into, come to me with questions. I want a question and maybe a couple of options on how you want to fix it. But also there was a, and this was more around the account manager side of things of, if it's going to cost me less than 200 bucks, 500 bucks, whatever you're going to set it as, then just go and do it. I don't care. Just, just do it. And there was one thing particularly that stuck with me, which was a um, we'd ordered something for a client and we'd either ordered the wrong thing or the vendor sent the wrong thing. There was some some issue with the part number and it was like Windows Home Edition rather than professional, you know, those kind of things. And they came to me and said, well, what do you want to do? It's like, well, what, what do you want to do? They're, it's the wrong laptop. We can't sell it to them. <laughs> and there was going to be a restocking fee and it was like a, you know, I don't know what tech data's restocking fee is like 5% or 10% or something. So it was going to cost like, I say 50 quid to send it back, which sucks because it's a mistake and it's 50 quid that you'd rather have in your own pocket. But to keep the client happy, I'd rather send it back and spend 50 quid or sell it to a client for 50 quid less if there was any clients that wanted it for home um, and go and buy the right thing. Worst case, we're down 50 quid. We still got a happy client and everyone's just got on with things. But they, they were sat there for like two hours debating in the office. Like, oh, we made a problem. Oh, what do we do? Let's like, just just sort the problem out and it's just trying to empower your staff and that's that's a challenge we had trying to make your staff know that they can go and go and do those things and make those decisions by themselves because otherwise they'll just stew on it particularly more with the um the homeworking stuff i guess nowadays i, I don't I, I don't know if well it must be surely even worse nowadays people just sat at home going oh, i've made a mistake there's a problem i don't, don't want to don't tell anybody i don't want to ask for any help i'm just gonna be quiet um i've not come across that but of course i solve my business so i've been <laughs> Not really dealt with it at all, but might be something you guys have come across perhaps a bit more often. 
Yeah. I was going to say, I think that depends. We have a, um, uh, sorry, I, I'm eating into Rich's time, but we have a value in our business that everybody makes mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. Just, you know, be honest, be transparent, and we'll figure it out between us. We don't, as in many, many, many of my other MSP businesses that I've worked at, nobody gets the blame thrower out and just starts roasting people. Yes. We don't do that. Because that's that's why people sit there and they're scared to to own up and ask questions and, and say, hey, I made a mistake, something's gone wrong. We've made some terrible mistakes, horrendous ones. Not in this business, obviously, but in other businesses. Um, <laughs> but we made terrible, terrible mistakes. But we're honest and and we you know we seek support from internal you know with each other. And everybody is free to make a mistake in our business, and we'll figure it out. Whatever it is, it's not that bad. We'll figure it out. No blame cultures, really, really important. But the biggest thing I see it's a bit of an issue is everyone will say they've got a no blame culture and yet they'll be like, Oh yeah, that's the kind of, that's the time day fucked up and caused a problem. And it broke. <laughs> like, no, no, no. And, and the way I was trying to phrase it is how did I put them in that position to cause a problem in the first place? There's something I've done wrong here as a business owner. They haven't been trained well enough. They didn't have enough time allocated. So it's trying to make sure that those business owners that are watching this and they have the no blame culture, but they know that some of their staff are making mistakes. Look at why, and what you've done or what you as the business has done that's caused those mistakes to happen to give them, give them the more time or the more training, whatever they need. Uh, sorry, over to Richard for our grand finale. No, those are great tips. These are brilliant. And I've got to say to everybody watching this, I hope you get as much value out of watching this as I do sitting in and listening to these smart guys talk because I always learn uh, so much of it. I'm just going to say on that no blame, it reminds me of a UK politician who remained nameless and uh, got caught out uh, and his department... He had done something wrong. Uh, sorry, his department had done something wrong. And he came on television and he said, um, you know, I take full responsibility for this mistake and I'm going to find the team who did it and make sure it never happens again. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no blame culture. <laughs> yeah. The one, Diana uh, in, in the chat here on LinkedIn said uh, about the Pomodoro technique. So just as we close, I want to give that a shout out because I've talked about procrastination We've talked about focus. We've talked about batching activities. The Pomodoro technique, just a phenomenal way to make stuff happen. If you're unfamiliar with the Pomodoro technique, it literally refers to, uh, do you know those Italian slices of tomato that you might see when you go to an Italian restaurant or whatever? It's a Pomodoro. So a Pomodoro can be, uh, for me, it's over a 25-minute or a 50-minute slot of time. Other people use 90 minutes or whatever. The point is you get started on summer. You work for 25 minutes, and because there's uh, an artificial limit to the time in, as Pete said earlier, Parkinson's law, you know, it's uh, so if you don't have a set time for a task, you will just keep working and working and working and working and working and working on it. But if you do put a Pomodoro, first of all, it overcomes procrastination because you can get started because you tell your brain, it's only 25 minutes, I'll just do it and see how far I get. But secondly, once you get going, you're like, it's sprinting towards, and I think Diana alluded to this, you know, you're sprinting towards getting the task finished. So, like 25 minutes, 50 minutes on a Pomodoro break. Uh, and, you know, I go and stretch my legs, look around. But for any MSP owners watching who think, I couldn't step out of the business. Uh, too many tickets coming in, there's too many emergencies. Try the Pomodoro technique. Let your colleagues know. Put your headphones in or a do not disturb sign. I'm working on something for 25 minutes. And as soon as that 25 minutes is finished, the world can crash back down on me and I'll be available to help out with things. 
but nearly everybody, I've yet to come across an MSP who cannot carve 25 minutes out of their day to do this work. Because unless the building's on fire, you're not actually needed and you can get on and concentrate on that thing that you've been putting off, sales, marketing, whatever it might be. Brilliant. We are right at, right at the hour. That was a great way to cap that off, Richard. Thank you. Thank you. Anything else? Any other parting words you want to leave to our viewers? I want to thank you, those uh, who watched us live today. Thank you so much for showing up. Uh, we always appreciate the questions, feedback uh, on the show. But any other parting, parting gifts from you guys? I think we should probably be uh, okay to do this weekly now and actually all be together. I don't know if anyone's yes. got any events coming up. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to. I I'm trying to block off Tuesdays. That's that's the day to do this. So Gareth, thanks for joining us. He's going to try to do that very thing this week. So we'll we'll mic drop on on with Richard. So he he can drop the mic here. So like I said, I'm not going to do that because it's a very expensive new Blue Yeti microphone exactly. that I bought. <laughs> yeah, same here. I'm not saying I'm not dropping this one. Well, uh, this was good. I, I, I enjoy this. I'm like Richard. I, I learned a lot. I always learn tips and tricks from others. And uh, that's the reason we do the show is is to help uh, give give all of the things that we know, good, bad, and indifferent uh, out to the IT community. So, all right. So we will wrap the show. Uh, yeah. Uh, one last comment here. Gareth said he got to love the Blue Yeti. Best mic ever. So. I, I still have my original one back there on the shelf that I bought in 2006. So, yeah, it's been it's collecting dust now, but yeah, served me well. So, <laughs> all right, thanks for for joining us. We'll wrap from here, and hopefully, we'll see everybody uh, next week. Awesome. <laughs>